0: The world has changed a lot in a few short months. Not that long ago, COVID-19 was not in our vocabulary. We had never heard of shelter in place or social distancing. We've been plunged into a world without church services, movie theaters, handshakes or hugs. A world at home. And this season has taught us a lot. Some of the lessons were fun and some of them painful. Most of them seasoned with the bitterness of loneliness and isolation. But we must remember that we are not alone in the church. We need each other now more than ever. We are all called to minister to our friends, children, and neighbors. We are all called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to open our homes to the lost and broken and introduce them to the God who is longing to meet with them. And as we engage with the pain around us, We become a beacon of hope. Our homes can become the light of community the world is starved for. As the church, we must remind people in this season that we may be home, but we are not alone.
1: Alright, welcome Living Streams. Uh, Welcome to the Living Streams living room. Here we are um, in a new place trying to keep things fresh around here. Um, Some people have wondered if this was uh, my living room. Um, Actually, this is not my living room. This is my third home um, in the Hamptons um, that we're actually recording from. Just kidding. I only have one house. Actually, I don't even have one house. My house is owned by three people. So um, I've told that story sometimes before. But anyways, um, it's good to be with you. It's good to be here for another Sunday as we're tracking through this uh, summer of 2020 and all the changes that it's brought. Um, I, I, I'm so excited about the reopening phase we've entered into, um, phase one, even though it's very small and it's a proceed with caution, it still feels, um, like something new. And, uh, I don't know what, what restaurant you guys are planning to visit first, or if you already have, but, um, I didn't put a lot of thought into it and ended up at Denny's this, this, uh, this week. So maybe you should put some thought into it. I want to see what, Jay, what are you guys thinking about for restaurant, first restaurant of choice? Uh, Wherever my wife, Kirsten, picks. (laughs) That's the safe answer. Mm -hmm. Jay's getting good at his politics these days. Um, Yeah, but we got some reopening happening. We're going to start reopening here at the church um, for smaller gatherings, uh, midweek and different things. The team's um, cooking up some ideas um, that that hopefully will get us together in smaller gatherings with pre-registration, some social distancing, but still be really full of the Spirit and wonderful times. So stay tuned for those things. Keep visiting the website for that and uh and for our sunday mornings we're in we're launching today a sermon series called home but not alone and uh that means next sunday we really are hoping that that you the living streams people um, the followers of christ you will invite other people into your homes um, to to enjoy church together to hear the word of god together to worship together Um, we do want you to think about neighbors co-workers um it couldn't be other people from living streams that's fine um, and we also want you to think about people who don't know Jesus and, uh, and invite them in. I really do think these next um, weeks that we do this could be one of the greatest um, phases of spiritual formation and evangelism in Living Stream's history. So church, um, we've been thrown off. We've been uncertain. Uh, we've done a lot of guessing. But now, um, whether I'm, I'm a pastor or your pastor, I'm asking you to step up on this. I really do feel like God is is leading us in this way. If you're uncomfortable or if you're sick, feel free, you know, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. But for the rest of us, I really think we're supposed to lean into this thing and be bold and courageous. And you're going to hear message after message after message about this. So you might as well do it so you don't feel guilty every time we preach a message about it (laughs) or whatever. Um, But anyways, that's what we're going through today. Um, More details in the weekly email that went out, more details on our website on that. Um, and, if, and if always, if you have more questions, you can put a little message in the comment below. Um, you can email us um, at livingstreams.org and uh, we'll, be, we'll be getting back to you. So today we're going to have a, a message. Um, oh, sorry, real quick for the kids that are watching. I really thought it would be cool if you could draw a picture. So I know it's going to be hard for you to listen through this whole message because I just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But um, if it's getting tough for you, I thought it'd be cool if you drew a picture of what your living room or your house filled with people who are doing church would look like. So out of your mind, I'd love for you to just write it down. It doesn't have to be super great or anything. And then if you could actually take a picture of that and you know post it to our Instagram or Facebook or email it to us, um, we'll be looking at them. And if we see one that, that stands above the rest, we'll probably drive by your house and drop a little something, something off or something, um, a little candy or, or something like that. Maybe the ice cream truck will visit you and you won't have to pay, something like that. But anyways, that's what's going on today. We're going to go into our message now. This message is uh, the first ser- sermon in our Home But Not Alone series, and, and it really has a lot to do with assurance. Assurance. I've been thinking about assurance a lot um, in preparation for this message, and it's something that a lot of us don't really have right now. I feel like the last you know season of my life, I've been doing a lot of guessing, a lot of um, not quite sure what i'm doing but i'm trying to take steps and sometimes i feel good about them sometimes i don't um, but really in christ what we're, what we have access to is, is assurance a kind of assurance that um, is not dependent on our circumstances it's not even dependent on life or death it's not dependent on any of the natural realities around us it's an assurance that supersedes those things and so we're going to be talking a little bit about that today and i've really been praying that, that you would gain as you listen to this message, as you go through the process at the end of our response time, and we take communion together, together today, that you will really develop a sense of assurance from the Lord. Not assurance from me, not assurance from our government, not assurance from your bank account or whatever it might be, but the true assurance that, that can make any situation beautiful and make the kingdom advance. So um, that's what we're going to do. If you want to grab a Bible and turn to Acts chapter 2, that's where we're going to be. Um, And a little intro before we get to that passage, I've been thinking about Noah and his family on that boat, quarantined, so to speak. Um, There they were for 40 days. It was a tempest outside. There was flood. There was rain hitting them from the top, rain and water hitting them from the sides. Um, Lots of tossing and turning, lots of animals, lots of noises. Got a lot of barking dogs around my house these days. And the sun comes up so early been rough. But Noah, they had a real, a lot rougher. And so they're in that boat. But a lot of people don't realize they weren't in the boat for 40 days. They were in the boat for 150 days before they gained the assurance that there was something solid out there. And the way that they did that was Noah kept sending out birds and the birds kept coming back, which meant there was no solid ground. And I feel like that's a little bit of what we've been doing as a society. And even as believers, maybe we've been kind of going, Lord, is it okay to go forward? How do I go forward? Are you there? Um, the challenges in our lives of losing jobs, losing health, um, losing whatever kind of semblance of, of uh, unity we had with our wives or our, our, our families. It's, everything's been tested and tried. Everything's been shaken. Everything's been stirred up. And, and a, lot of, a lot of our assurances have, have shown themselves to not be around anymore. And I think it is something that God's wanting to do. He's wanting to make sure our assurance is in Him. And so um, this is a story of, of a beautiful moment where um, Christ's followers gained assurance in Acts chapter 2. So let's read. It says in verse 37, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive assurance. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. Those who accepted, oh, sorry, I read that. Um, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. those who are being saved. So here in this story, um, Jesus had, had, had died, had risen from the dead, and had ascended into heaven. He had spent this time with these disciples, with these people who knew him. These people had, had become followers of Christ. And, and now Jesus had, had gone. it's 40 days since the resurrection when, when we take place um, in Acts chapter 2. And they're sitting there, and and they're quarantined in a lot of ways. They're so scared of of persecution that they've all kind of holed up inside this one room, just sitting there wondering what to do, not sure what happened. Um, Jesus told us to wait for the promise of the Father. Here we are. It's been 40 days. We're still waiting. We don't know what to do. We're, We're not quite sure what to do. The leaders didn't know what to do. The people didn't know what to do. And there was the real threat of persecution outside the walls of the room that they were in. And there in that moment, it says they were worshiping the Lord. They had come together and they continued to seek the Lord. They continued to turn their affection towards Him. They were devoted to Christ, even though He was not in the flesh with them anymore. And it says that in this moment, there was like this rushing wind that came. And the Spirit of God was poured out onto these believers, onto these followers, onto these very uncertain unsure individuals and something took place. Instead of hiding and, and quarantining and staying away and being afraid, they started to preach and proclaim that Jesus is Lord of all, that Jesus cannot be stopped. They started to walk with assurance. There was this confidence. Um, the word assurance, I I, I was kind of trying to figure out how to define this because We've become real familiar with insurance these days because you can't basically breathe or chew gum without insurance these days. But um, the insurance and the assurance the difference to me would be like this. Um, for some reason, I'm thinking about tight ropers a lot, a lot lately. Maybe I'm going to try it out this summer. I don't know. But you, you picture a tightrope walker, and the tightrope walker might have a net below, and that would be insurance. So like if something goes wrong, then something can catch me. And that's good and fine and all. But assurance is a far more beautiful, powerful thing. Assurance is the tightrope walker feeling the sense of strength in his body, feeling the sense of confidence of the, in the rope, feeling the sense of all the preparation, all the work that had been done, and all the, the labor and all the attention to detail has brought this confidence to him that he's not going to fall. And then he can feel, you know, the steadiness as he goes. And as he gets further in and further in, he starts to feel more confident because he's got this. He knows. He gets past that halfway point. He can see the finish line. And he's going, this is the assurance that the believers in Christ are supposed to be walking in. This this is what we have when the Spirit of God is living inside of us. Assurance. This is the faith that can move mountains. This is the, the courage that comes with our faith. This is the boldness that God is calling us to. And this is what you're going to need if you're going to continue to follow Christ. Because Christ is going to continue to lead you into things that are not comfortable for you. Things that feel a lot like walking out on a tightrope. He's going to continue to ask you to do things that require faith. And there's nothing more beautiful than to be able to meet that challenge, meet that, that, that fear with the assurance that, like Jay was singing, He is for you more than you could ever know. He is with you more than you could ever know. He's, he's before you. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's around you. He's within you. He's upon you. And that's what took place. These disciples who had spent time with Jesus in the flesh now experienced a new level of assurance in their walk with Jesus and in their mission that He had given them. And I want to just kind of go through a little bit verse by verse here and, uh, and talk through some of this stuff that I think is important for us as, as a church, as, as people who are being called to invite people into our homes, as people who are in called to, even in the face of uncertainty, advance God's kingdom and walk with assurance. First of all, I, would, I noticed that they were cut to the heart. As, as these disciples were preaching this message and the people were watching them, both seeing their assurance and their, and their courage, but then also hearing the words of truth about Jesus. They were cut to the heart. Peter was basically saying, hey, God is good and God loves people, but we have totally messed things up. And it's our sin, not just their sin and their sin and their sin, but it's your sin that has caused part of the problem that the world is experiencing. The pain in the world, it's partially our fault. And so, and so they was bringing an honest, heavy message, but, but the people were able to receive that. They were cut to the heart. And when they heard about Jesus and the love that he had and what God had done through Christ, they were cut to the heart. They were, they were, something took place. Conviction took place. But not a conviction that made them feel bad and, and guilty, but a conviction that made them want to draw near to the Lord and be washed and be clean. And that's what I'm hoping happens with, with us as we hear the word of God. That our hearts will be sensitive. Jay, Jay sang some of that and prayed some of that. That there would be a tenderness to our hearts. In these times of fear, in these times of, of bickering and fighting, maybe within our own houses, it, it's easy for our hearts to become hearted towards one another. Or maybe even hardened to society around us. Or hardened to authority that's over us. But that's not the way of Christ. He wants us to continue to have soft hearts. Um, another way it's described in the Bible is, is, is basically that God is knocking on the door of, of, of our hearts. And so you might be, as we go through this message, or you might be here re- recently this, this kind of knock on your heart. Something is stirring. Something is happening. Another guy, John Wesley, he, t- he described it as, My heart was strangely warmed that day. Which is, sounds a little nicer than being cut to the heart. But maybe he was a nicer guy and these were real bad guys, so they got to be super cut. I don't know how it goes. Super cuts. Makes me think a haircut. I need a haircut. Anyways. <laughs> So that's what was going on. And I remember one day when I was just a seventh grader and I was surrounded by my peers and I wanted nothing more than to be cool or at least not be noticed at all just to fit in. And I was at this chapel at my school and the guy was sharing about the love of Christ and he was giving us an opportunity to respond. And and all I know is in that moment, my heart was strangely warmed. There was a prick within my heart But again, it wasn't something that led me to further shame and guilt. I knew about those things. But instead, it was more inviting me in. There's something about the holy presence of God that that totally undoes us, but at the same time makes us feel beckoned and assured. And so I just, whenever you feel that that cutting, whenever you feel that, that stirring in your heart, that warmth, that heart beating, that nervousness, whatever it might be described for you, run to Jesus. And yes, you will probably be totally undone, but you will be left with such a feeling of beckoning and assurance that it will give you the courage to keep going forward. So they were cut to the heart. The second thing that I noticed was here, they kind of took some steps. They were cut to the heart, and then they, they, they responded. They didn't just kind of leave it at that, but Peter called them to action. Peter called them to not just say, hey, if you've done that, say a quick prayer and it's over. But basically, he called them, he said, first of all, you need to repent And be baptized. You need to realize you're headed in a wrong direction. You're caught up in things that are not good. You have idols in your life that are going to betray you and leave you dry. And you need to turn away from those things. Later he calls it we need to come out of this corrupt generation. You need to realize that you are caught up in a lot of things that you need to get freedom from. And one of the steps that you can take is being baptized. There's something supernatural about baptism. I'm so excited in this Home But Not Alone series because our hope is that after we get kind of used to this for a few weeks, we're going to do a baptism. Yeah, you in your home going to do a baptism. Um, however you pull it off, I don't know, it'll be interesting. We just want you to take a video, send it to us, so we can all celebrate the next week. But again, more details to come on that. But they were called to be baptized, and then they were called to realize they needed some, something else. Now that they had been washed, now that they had been cleaned, now that they had been undone, they were able to receive the Spirit of God. They were able to receive the Word of God. And that's something we continually need to do, is to get filled up with God, with His presence, with His Word, with His promises. Because that's where our assurance comes from. And uh, and then he reminded them, because at this point, many of them probably were still feeling like, well, that's good that some people can receive this, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did this morning. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I did on the computer last night. You don't know what I did to someone that is, what has been good to me and how I wronged them. You don't know the list of all the things that I've done, all the places I've been. You don't know that, that I, I have this, my heart is hard and ugly. You don't, you don't know all of these things. And this is what Peter says to him. The promise is for you, no matter how far off you are. That's what he says. That's what the verse says. You need to hear this. He says, The promises for you and your children, for all who are fall, far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And guess what? If you're hearing this message today, this is God calling you. No, I mean, this is me talking. I'm not God. Everybody knows that. But this is God calling you. His word, His gospel, His good news, His message, His invitation for you to come in and receive His assurance is coming to you right now. Right now. This is his, his call to you. And they were able to receive that promise no matter how far off they were. And then what happens after that is they go to this time where they describe these new 3,000 plus the, 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 the people who are already there. They begin to devote themselves to their spiritual formation. They devoted themselves to good food. They devoted themselves to good practices. They devoted themselves to the things that would cause them to get further into the assurance, further into what God had wanted them to do. And what those things were, um, we've, we've, you know, practiced that here at the church all the time. The breaking of bread, fellowship, prayer, um, and the apostles doctrine. That's what they devoted themselves to. That's what they gave themselves to in the face of fear, and the face of confusion, they devoted themselves to. And this has been a real word for me recently because I felt like when quarantine first hit, um, in those first 40 days, you know, my family, me, I was like, yeah, let's lean into this thing. Okay, there was some excitement even of saying, okay, how are we going to follow the Lord? And I was reading my Bible a lot. And I was, you know, we were doing Bible studies as a family a lot all of a sudden. And we were taking real time and all of that. And now that it's day, you know, 475, I don't even know what It, it just feels like forever. That stuff has started to wane a little bit. My devotion has decreased. Um... And it's those verses like, don't grow weary in well-doing. We need to stay devoted. We need to stay on top of this. We need to take ownership for our own spiritual formation. We're out of practice as a community. We're not meeting together in person on Sunday mornings. We're not having as many interactions. We're having to meet each other through Zoom. (sighs) (laughs) Sorry if you love Zoom. I just, I don't like it that much, you know. But anyways, we're we're having to be more devoted on our own. But it's such a beautiful thing. And it's so meaningful to the Lord when we take the time and find Him in those moments by ourselves, as well as when we gather together. We'll talk about that in just a minute. The next thing, that that there were many things performed by the apostles. And then the next verse says all the believers. And so there's this this distinction, and we're going to get a lot more into this over time. But there's a distinction between the apostles and believers and I, I think I want to be really careful with this um, because when Jesus met these apostles, they weren't even believers, but they became believers in some form when he called and and called them to follow him. But then over and over and over again, he said, you have such little faith. You're such bad believers. You're no good at this believing stuff. But now they've become apostles. And it just gives me hope that every single one of us, no matter where we're at, non-believer, barely believer, believer sometimes, not so good sometimes, or believing a lot more. The goal of God is that he is creating us as apostles. The word apostle means sent. So wherever you're at, you're already on the track for apostles. You're already sent by God. And the more you begin to walk in those things, the the greater assurance, the greater confidence, and the the more that other people will start be willing to call you apostle (laughs) and not just believer. But every single person that God has called is called to be an apostle. Maybe lowercase a, not uppercase a, but that's a big part of what we're trying to do. You, church, living streams, people, you are called to be an apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is sending you. He's sending you to your own home right now. To open up that place for people to come. He's sending you to your workplaces. He's sending to your gyms and pools now, right? Because we can go there. Hey, that's cool. He's sending you to the restaurants that you're not allowed to be near anybody. He's sending you little by little by little. He's going to open up more places he can send you. Um, and uh, and you've got to see yourself as that. And hopefully by the end of this sermon series, you're going to have some assurance. And you're going to see yourself as that. Um, even though it will be scary. And then the next thing it says, In the temple courts and in their homes... So here's another distinction, that these, they devoted themselves to all these things, but then they continued to meet in the temple courts to hear about God, which was probably more of a, of a, of a Sabbath, Judaistic type thing, where they got to learn about the Torah and all of those things. But then they also would gather on Sunday mornings because that was the first day of the week. That was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So they would gather to celebrate that, commemorate that. And then it says, but then they were meeting house to house. They were meeting in homes over and over and over again. And as you look at the the first church, there was this time of real favor. There was this season of real kind of um, awe where, where they were able to have this assurance. They were able to act boldly and they didn't really experience much persecution. But very quickly, persecution came. And it came heavy and it came hard and the church was scattered. The church was no longer able to gather in large mass gatherings because it would, they would be targets for mass persecution. So what they did is they begin to meet house house. Here's some verses that just kind of reiterate that Philemon 1, 2 and, uh, and, and Apphia, our sister and Archippus, our fellow soldier and the church in your house, send our greetings. How did I not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house? This is Paul talking. Acts 5.42, just a few chapters beyond where we are. Every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. 1 Corinthians 16. The churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Priscilla, together with the church in their house. There you go. Send your hearty greetings in the Lord. And then talking about Priscilla and Aquila, they were sending greetings from their house, church, And now they're saying, Greet Priscilla and Quilla, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. So Priscilla and Quilla were sending greetings from the church in their house, and now Paul's sending greetings right back to the church that's in their house. And this really is a bit of where we're coming from. This is not our idea that we should be doing this house-to-house type church. Um, This is something that really was the way that the church formed and strengthened, and grew, and actually it began to really impact the Roman Empire. And so my prayer is that we would give ourselves to this. And we, I mean, we, we have a time frame, we're going to be getting back together, but there is something so beautiful and so biblical about us using our houses, using our cars, using our lives, opening up those things, opening up our wallets, opening up who we are, what we are, so that, so that people can come and taste of the goodness of God. People can come and hear of the assurance that we can find in Christ. People can come and see the kingdom advancing of righteousness, joy, and peace. So no matter what the situation we find her in, whether we get to phase 100 of reopening and everything's back to normal or whether we stay in this for a while, the kingdom is advancing. And we are to be people that are giving ourselves to that advancement. So my friends, this is basically to sum it all up. When you hear the Lord's voice stirring in your heart, or feel that prick. Do not turn away. Repent and receive the Holy Spirit of promise. Stay devoted to your own spiritual formation and those the Lord has given you. Realize that you are sent by God as a light to this corrupt generation. Open up your life, your home, your car, your wallet, whatever it might be. Open it up and share the love of Christ with those around you. This is our call. This is what the First Church did. This is what the Living Streets Church did. This is what the church should do forever until the day that Jesus comes back and restores everything. This is our call. This is our charge. This is our privilege to do it for our beautiful King that ransomed and rescued us with His precious blood.